Welcome to another edition of Out of the Box Sunday School. I am your host, Takia Evans. Thanks for taking the time to listen in today. Our lesson is entitled, The Wisdom of Jesus. The Bible background is from Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, and Mark chapter 7, 1 through 23. And our printed text focuses on Mark chapter 6, 1 through 6. In the book of Mark, tells it tells us that the people in Jesus' hometown were both astounded and offended by Jesus' wise teachings. And the religious leaders were annoyed when Jesus' wisdom challenged their traditions. Even when Jesus demonstrated his wisdom among the teachers in the synagogue, they still rejected him. We can hinder the work of God in our own lives by our own disbelief. This week's lesson tells us that Jesus could not do many miracles in his hometown of Nazareth because of the people's unbelief. What makes this statement even more striking is that it is found in the Gospel of Mark, the book that emphasizes the many works of Jesus. So what happens when people show such extraordinary wisdom? At the time of our lesson, Jesus had returned to his hometown of Nazareth. His early ministry in in Nazareth resulted in an attempt by the townspeople to kill him. So Jesus moved to Capernaum to minister. Then he crossed over the Sea of Galilee and went into the town of Gadarenes, where he cast out a demon from one of them. Later, Jesus crossed back over the sea to Capernaum, where he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead and cured the woman with the issue of blood. Our lesson begins with Jesus there in Capernaum. I'll be reading, starting at uh, Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Jesus left and returned to his hometown with his disciples. The next Sabbath, he taught in the synagogue. Many of the people who heard him were amazed and asked, How can he do all of this? Where did he get such wisdom and the power to work these miracles? Isn't he the carpenter, the son of Mary? Aren't James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon his brothers? Don't he have sisters still live in our town? The people were upset because of what was going on. Having had such a successful ministry in Capernaum and other regions, Jesus actually returns to his hometown of Nazareth with his disciples. And this is his second trip back home and his second mission in the synagogue. Although Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he grew up in Nazareth. So on the Sabbath day, he goes into the synagogue, which is a habit he had formed as a child. And since he grew up in the town, he was familiar with a, he was therefore a familiar face in the, to the worshipers and rulers of the synagogue. He was also familiar with the worship rituals and was no stranger to those rituals. So while at the synagogue, Jesus reads from the scriptures and then begins to expound on the word of God. The nature of his teachings were so profound that his audience and worshipers in the synagogue were amazed and dumbfounded at the wisdom with which he was teaching. The fact that the people of Nazareth were astounded or amazed at Jesus' words confirms that his life in the village 
had been like any other Jewish boy. They only saw him as the Jewish boy in that village, not as the coming Messiah. Everyone in Nazareth who knew Jesus also knew that he never went off to Jerusalem to study under one of the greatest rabbis of that day. So he never went to go get formal education. He never went off to school. Consequently, they wondered about the wisdom with which he spoke, for the people also asked among themselves, and what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? So the fact of the matter was that the people in Jesus' hometown were so surprised, very surprised, when he came back to the town and began to teach in their synagogue. They knew that Jesus had never been formally trained or educated as a scribe, but he spoke with such wisdom and performed mighty works or miracles, causing them to be astonished. The people's, his, his, uh, the people's hostile and negative attitudes towards Jesus became more apparent in the following rhetoric and derogatory questions that are in verse 3. Like other Jewish boys, Jesus learned the trade of his earthly father, Joseph, who was, a car, who was a carpenter. Before going to his public ministry at age 30, Jesus worked in the trade of carpentry. And carpenters were regarded as common peasants, unlearned, at least not educated to the degree of the rabbis and scribes, just to kind of give you a little background and history here. It is, and the question was, is not this the carpenter? So while being a carpenter was certainly an honorable occupation, the townspeople could not understand how a mere carpenter from the village was able to perform the miracles that Jesus did. They were impressed by Jesus' preaching and his mighty works, but they questioned the source of his power. Therefore, Jesus to them is just an ordinary man who worked with his hands, as other common people did. But then it gets a little more dicey here. The next question is both derogatory and again demeaning. Isn't this the son of Mary? So in the Jewish culture, men are not usually described or identified as sons of their mother, even if their fathers are dead. So they're notified by saying this is the son of, but here... They're throwing a little shade, as, the, as my daughters would say, um, isn't this the son of Mary? So describing Jesus as the son of Mary is probably intended as a put down and perpetuates the rumor being circulated at the time that he was an illegitimate child because of the nature of his birth. And we all are familiar with the birth of Jesus. So yet again, they are throwing shade. Equally disrespectful are the next questions. Aren't James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon his brothers? And don't his sisters still live in our town? All this implies that he is an ordinary person that they knew very well and probably grew up with. He was just another regular guy from the neighborhood. So that they ask and wonder, why does he parade himself as a rabbi and miracle worker? 
With such knowledge and familiar, familiarity of his background, the people became offended at him because they, they reasoned that Jesus, who taught with wisdom, back in verse 2, was just a common worker who didn't have any religious or academic credentials. So he didn't have any letters behind his name, no PhDs, no M MBAs, uh, none of those things. So just because he was, he had not gone to the best school, gotten the best training and come from the best of families, those that knew him well in his hometown were essentially, as my young children say, hating on him. Although astonished at his doctrine, they offered, they will, they are offended at him. They're prejudiced against him. They look at him with disapproval. And for that reason, they reject his teachings. Then we come to Mark chapter six, verses four through six. But Jesus said, prophets are honored by everyone except the people of their hometown and their relatives and their own family. Jesus could not work any miracles there except to heal a few sick people by holding his hands on them. He was surprised that the people did not have any faith. So realizing how the people felt about him, Jesus quoted a common proverb to the people of Nazareth in his hometown. A prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and by his own family. As the greatest prophet to speak to the human race, Jesus was experiencing a rejection unlike any experienced by those who had come before him as God's spokesman. Even his brothers did not believe in him at this time. Unlike other places and regions where we see Jesus perform miracles of stilling the storm, casting out demons, and healing the sick, he could not do such miracles in his own homeland because of their stubborn unbelief. Because of the cold rejection Jesus received in Nazareth, his ministry of miracles were unlimited. This was certainly not because Jesus didn't have the power. It was the people's lack of faith or unbelief that hindered Jesus from doing his mighty work of great miracles. Lack of faith often pro promotes or prompts God not to show his power. Even though the people's unbelief hindered Jesus from doing mighty works, their unbelief cost them the privilege of experiencing miracles and healing as other regions had. He still laid hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Jesus still did some good among the people, although through unbelief they had slighted him. Jesus proved himself to be kind enough to them, even though they were evil and ungrateful. And in the final verse, it's interesting that while Jesus once marveled at the great faith of a Gentile, here... He marveled because of their unbelief. Notice the irony of the situation. The people should have been marveling at Jesus's power. Instead, it was Jesus who marveled at the people's unbelief. It's kind of sad here. Obviously, faith does not make a difference in what God accomplishes in our lives. However, we should not assume that if healing does not occur, it is because faith is lacking on the part of those seeking divine help. 
Even though Jesus was rejected in his hometown of Nazareth, he continued his ministry for he went around the villages teaching. Jesus would not be deterred from his mission just because some rejected him and neither should we. It is tempting to read Mark chapter six, verses one through six and judge the actions of those in Jesus's hometown. How can they reject the savior having heard of his miracles and witnessed his wisdom and teachings? How could they be so offended by Jesus that they would not even go to him? In reality, we have a tendency to do the same. We have access to God's word. We read it, yet we can get offended when his words convict our hearts and reveal our sin. But because we realize that we should not be offended by the message, we sometimes lash out at the messenger. We kind of lash out at the pastor who preaches a convicting message. We lash out at the spouse who lovingly confronts. We lash out at the friend who challenges or holds us accountable. We may not ask aloud, who do you think you are? But our actions certainly reveal our attitude. So what do we end up doing? We stop praying, we stop seeking God, and as a result, our faith falters and we, re and we reject our relationship with the Lord. Mark reveals that in the end, we are the ones who suffer. This week's lesson dealt with Jesus' short-lived ministry in Nazareth, his own hometown. As a result of the people's unbelief, great things were prevented from happening there. God's power is withheld wherever there is unbelief, but it abounds when we believe and obey. So ask God to give you fresh eyes and think about a recent message, whether from God, a friend, or your pastor, in which you have been offended, and consider why you were offended. Pray about it, and if necessary, repent. We do well to remember the line from an oldie but goodie, what a friend we have in Jesus. And that phrase is, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. This is Takia Evans. Be blessed. Take care of one another. And thanks for tuning in to Out of the Box Sunday School. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.